Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, wow, what a morning, what a week it's been. I'm recording this about 45 minutes after the conclusion of the NBA trade deadline. Screaming from the sidelines, I guess this is what we're really all about. The madness, the chaos, the passion from fans, and the NBA is up in shambles right now. It's going to be a really fun second half of the season. All-star breaks coming up, then we kind of have this pre-playoffs phase, and then we get to the real good stuff, which is the playoffs. I woke up this morning on the West Coast, and it took my brain a second to process all of the recent developments around the NBA, and then they just kept coming in. The WNBA is even making more splashes during their offseason because now the Las Vegas Aces are being investigated for multiple accusations. One involves Dierica Hamby's allegations of discrimination during her pregnancy and how the team handled that. And then based on some of the comments from Hamby, They're also now being investigated for circumventing the salary cap and making under-the-table payments to players. Crazy stuff going on, and we got a lot to say there. Also, a little foreshadowing into the main topic of today. Kevin Durant begged Brianna Stewart to come to New York. She did, and then that fun lasted about a week, if that. So... Yeah, we're going to get all into it. Uh, NBA, uh, as well as what this all means for future betting implications and the future bets, it has been such a wild few days that occurrences like LeBron breaking the all-time scoring record and all the fights that are going on around the league are starting to become background noise. Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell went at it. Austin Rivers and Mo Bamba had a brawl. But hey, the NFL is done after this weekend, which means that podcast content starts heating up and listeners are really getting drawn in as they jump from sport to sport. So let's go. Before the trade deadline, I do want to congratulate LeBron James on scoring point number 38,388 and counting for all the hate that has come his way in his career, including plenty from myself during my angry teenage years. Uh, and all those Warriors versus Cavs showdowns, nobody has been so great for so long as LeBron James. As corny as it sounds to say this, appreciate the greatness while it is in front of us. You don't have to root for his team. I mean, I don't. But what he's done consistently over the course of his career is so damn unbelievable. And also, the article that Kareem wrote about it the following day was a great read as well. Tons of class from another one of the all-time great basketball players. And if you're at all interested in the sport of basketball, I really recommend checking that out. Let's move to the trade deadline. A lot of stuff happened today, and then some things happened earlier in the week as well. So the NBA trade deadline is different than the NFL trade deadline. There are more players in the NFL, so when a trade in the NBA happens, it means a lot more in the larger scope of the league, fewer players, so more potential for difference makers to be moved, more egos because it's really hard to be in the NBA, 
And you see more stars and all-star level players getting changed around during this time. So we'll start with the first big trade, which came between the Nets and Mavericks. The Nets traded Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris to the Mavericks in exchange for Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, a 2027 second round pick, a 2029 second round pick, and a 2029 first round pick unprotected. I wrote a lot of notes about this one before today, and some of them no longer stand because of the recent developments, but I do want to share some of them as well. Brooklyn made their intentions very clear in this trade. I think for the Mavericks, the ceiling is higher, but the floor is lava as it was put on the Athletic NBA show. I love that quote so much that I decided to use it for myself here today. Yeah, the floor is lava. Kyrie Irving is so fun on the court. I've made it very clear what I think of him as a basketball talent. The reason he keeps getting chances on teams is because there are only a small handful of basketball players in this world that are immediate difference makers and world-class talent, even by the standard of NBA. Kyrie Irving happens to be one of those players. The Mavericks did need another star. They were 0-7 without Luka Doncic before the trade happened. But is Kyrie the right one? We've seen him play off-ball a little bit more in his career. We don't really know what that's going to look like with Luka Doncic playing some off-ball right now, but there's a little bit less on the shoulders of Doncic. Kyrie can do something that Luka is not known for, which is push the pace in transition. And we saw him play last night against the Clippers, the way he was distributing the ball, got the Mavericks a six-point win in Los Angeles. So he surely put on a show. I don't think that's what any Mavericks fans or NBA fans were concerned about. Kyrie's 3.9 fast break points per 36 minutes would be the highest on Dallas at the time that the trade was made. Dallas ranks second lowest in percentage of points scored in transition. So it's two incredible talents with two very different skill sets. Interesting stats on the Nets and Kind of fun to look at now that Kevin Durant is headed to Phoenix, which we will get to later. Nets are 17-2 in the last 19 games that Kevin Durant played. They also had the most wins when trailing by 15 points or more, which was 6. They're not rebuilding as long as they have Kevin Durant, and they were going to be able to throw some really good defensive lineups out there. Maybe it was just time. They had enough of it. Durant was unhappy. I don't know the full story in Brooklyn. I think that they got good value on the trades they made, but they are no longer an NBA Finals contender. The Brooklyn Nets did send Kessler Edwards to the Sacramento Kings, and this is one of the smaller trades in terms of making headlines, but uh, I had to laugh because some people I know read the first half of the tweet wondering if it was Kevin Durant. Look, I just want to say you're not alone out there. Um, I'm excited to see how Kessler Edwards fits into Mike Brown's rotation, but the Kings fans have to be happy for just the sheer self-awareness of their deficiencies and the initiative to address them. It's not a blockbuster trade, but it's another indication of the type of culture that Mike Brown has created, and Kings fans should be happy. Last year, they made a big trade at the deadline. I know some people weren't initially happy with it because Tyrese Halliburton is an all-star, Turns out that they got Sabonis, who is an all-star himself. So 
it's understandable to be sad about the departure of Tyrese Halliburton, but you can no longer be sitting here saying the trade nuked the franchise. Yesterday, D'Angelo Russell is going back to the Lakers. It's a three-team trade involving eight players. By the way, if you want to keep track of all this, maybe get out a pen and a notepad because I had such a hard time making my notes and organizing it myself. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. So for you true NBA fans, get that pen and paper out. D'Angelo Russell, who was formerly drafted number two overall by the Lakers back in 2016, I believe that was, is now going back to LA. The Lakers get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. The Timberwolves get Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander-Walker from Utah. So where do the Jazz come in? Well, they get Damian Jones, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and Russell Westbrook. The Lakers are 26th in three-point percentage, but more alarming, 27th in wide-open three-point percentage. So in theory, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley should improve those marks, Westbrook may not stay in Utah and another team could buy him out, but interesting to note that this will be his fifth team in that massive five-year contract he signed for five years, $206 million. That was with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He has since gone to the Rockets, Wizards, Lakers, and now the Jazz slash any team that buys him out here. So, do I take the Lakers seriously? No, not really. They could be a playoff team. They should improve. And because of how tightly packed the Western Conference standings are, you just need a good week to really jump up into a playoff slot. But I don't actually consider them making a run as much as I appreciate what LeBron James has done this season at his age. Uh... I don't know. Maybe I'm a hater, but right now I don't really buy it with LA. And unless things just really start clicking and Anthony Davis can stay healthy and look like he did for that one to two week stretch he had early in the season. Yeah, then maybe they could do something in the playoffs, but I wouldn't say that this is a move that makes me take them seriously all of a sudden. The Lakers have traded Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets, so it's good to see Denver have another big man that can play decent minutes. But the Nuggets have other things to worry about now while they sit at the top of the Western Conference, and we will get there. Just stay patient. Jakob Pertl has gone to the Raptors, and additionally, not only have the Raptors decided to go get Jakob Pertl and get a real center, well, they've kept their core together. We weren't sure if they were a team that was going to trade away somebody like Gary Trent Jr. or OG Ananobi. For now, the core is staying in Toronto. They're going to keep it intact and make a run at a playoff berth. I would much rather see this than them just tearing it down completely. But very curious to see how this season ends for Toronto. And if it doesn't go past a first round playoff series. I mean, if they get into a playoff series and it's not competitive, I don't know if we'll see the same group come the start of next year. Uh, Kem Birch and draft consideration are headed to San Antonio. So Raptors didn't have to give up too much for that. The current NBA champion favorite Boston Celtics 
now have traded for Mike Muscala. That was one of my former my player teammates back in NBA 2K, so big fan of Mike Muscala going from the Thunder to the Celtics. The Knicks landed Josh Hart. He's going cross-country from Portland to New York. I'm going to have to ask Aaron Tobin Hess what he thinks about this. He was on the show a few weeks back. We communicate regularly, and he is always there for good content related to the NBA and especially the New York Knicks. James Wiseman, former number two overall pick in the draft, who I was wondering if the Warriors would trade for months now, is officially on his way out. He's headed to Detroit. The Hawks then sent five second-round picks to Golden State in exchange for Sadiq Bey, so it was a three-team deal. Sadiq Bey to the Hawks, James Wiseman to the Pistons, Warriors, five second-round draft picks. But then the Warriors took those five second-round picks and sent them to Portland in exchange for Gary Payton II, who's going back to Golden State, where he won a title last season. Just for some context, Payton had 5.2 win shares for the Warriors last season, which was the most among all role players on the team. Him and Otto Porter were up at the top. For reference, James Wiseman had 0.8 win shares this year, and credit to Tim Kawakami for the information on that. Uh, my last note on the Warriors is that with today's trades, they saved $7 million on luxury taxes this year and will save $30 million in the following year. So I don't know if the Warriors necessarily got way better, but I think they're trying to keep their identity intact. I wish the best for James Wiseman and wanted to see him succeed, but I think it was becoming more and more apparent this season that they were not going to plan to have James Wiseman as part of their long-term future. Patrick Beverly, he thought he was reuniting with D'Angelo Russell. The two made a magical run to the seven seed and getting into the playoffs last year in Minnesota. But now Patrick Beverly is going to the Orlando Magic. So someone who has bounced around quite a bit. Mo Bamba is his counterpart in this trade. So he was in a big fight last week and now is getting sent to L.A. I really hope I don't have to hear that song because for all the coverage the Lakers get, I'm probably going to hear Mo Bamba all the time now reliving my sophomore year of college. And hey, maybe if the Raptors get hot, I will also get to relive my freshman year and hear God's plan four times a day as well. So we'll see how that plays out. Raptors, Lakers, I don't know. What, what's it going to be? Eric Gordon, who seems like he has wanted his way out of Houston for a while, and I can't really blame him given that he was a major piece on a team that nearly got to the NBA Finals back in 2018. He is going from the Rockets to the Clippers. Now, the sad thing is that John Wall is going back to the Rockets. I don't know how long that will stay, but these are the present circumstances. I do feel bad for him in this situation, given that Houston was a rather dark chapter in John Wall's career and life. Not saying it was necessarily the team, but I think that the change of scenery in L.A., was probably good overall for a veteran who had been through a lot, both physically battling injuries and in his personal life. 
Danny Green, who's also coming off an ACL injury, is headed to the Rockets as well. And Luke Kennard is going from the Clippers to the Grizzlies. So a multi-team deal. I think it's a good move for Memphis to get a nice offensive player. He can probably offer them more than Danny Green could. More consistent shooter for sure than Dylan Brooks. So that's what you get with a little guard exchange there in the Western Conference. Jay Crowder has ended up in Milwaukee, as many had speculated, but how did we get here? Because we're getting to the big trade. I was wrong about the Nets. I'll admit it each week. I have a weekly topic that I get to make a video on for Believe. I have a lot of fun doing those videos, and you can find them on my TikTok account, uh, screaming.podcast. And I also am launching a separate Instagram page at Screaming from the Sidelines. One big long word. So check those out. We're trying to get those off the ground. And that's where I'm going to post a lot of the regular fun side content that I really enjoy making. I talked about the Kyrie Irving trade in this week's topic. And I was not so sure that the Nets were going to get rid of Kevin Durant. I thought, hey, maybe they're just trying to get rid of distractions They have had an all-time turnaround story this year. It appears that they could not keep Kevin Durant satisfied for long because with my groggy eyes this morning, I realized that he was headed to Phoenix along with TJ Warren in exchange for Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four unprotected first-round picks, and a 2028 pick swap. So Crowder, as I mentioned, will not be staying in Brooklyn. He is going to the Bucks. But the Nets have officially torn down their superstar foundation that was built back a few summers ago. James Harden is gone. Kyrie Irving is gone. And now Kevin Durant is out of there. Brooklyn got a lot of return for what they gave up. But I would say they are no longer a title contender and will probably not be super relevant for the remainder of the year. Still should be a playoff team, though. So let's talk about Phoenix, why don't we? First of all, looks like their title window isn't closed after all. I was saying it, many other people were saying it, but this trade changes things because when you add a top five basketball player on the planet, well, that makes kind of a big difference. Secondly, as I just mentioned, I was calling the Nets the most impressive turnaround story that we'd seen in a while. Now, Phoenix has a chance to make their team the big turnaround story. They were terrible for a long time. They got really good really fast, made it to a finals, had the top seed in the West, fell short both times. It was looking like things were going downhill. There was off-season turmoil between Jay Crowder no longer wanting to play there. DeAndre Ayton didn't speak with his coach for months. There was the change in ownership. And they've had their fair share of adversity. So Kevin Durant is not new to dysfunctional situations or fragility. In fact, let me back up because there should be a lot of excitement with Kevin Durant coming to Phoenix. But I do want to say that even with the trade, the Suns are still a fragile organization. They still have undergone, they still have just experienced a lot. So KD is not new to said situations But we know he's not the type of personality to always insert himself into the mess and be that emotional and vocal leader for the team. 
I'm not saying he isn't passionate, because that's not true at all. Maybe the presence of Chris Paul will help with that. Someone who is much more the veteran presence, vocal leader. But on the court, Chris Paul has been much more of a wild card since he turned the age of 37. DeAndre Ayton is also somewhat of a wild card. And I think that the absences of Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges will be felt, especially early on while the Suns try to work out some of this chemistry. Devin Booker working his way back from injury. So I'm not totally sold on the Suns yet. That doesn't mean I can't have my mind changed. I think the West is a lot more open than it's been for most of the last decade right now. So it is a big deal. But I'm just saying this doesn't automatically place the Suns as your Western Conference favorite. Kevin Durant makes a big difference. We will see how this move ages. A lot of people feel like his move to Golden State was very smart for his career, but they were discrediting a lot of his achievements because the Warriors had built themselves into one of the great teams before Durant arrived. He goes to Brooklyn, teams up with Kyrie Irving. It doesn't work out, and a lot of that wasn't his fault. Now he's going to Phoenix. He finally got out of Brooklyn, and I was listening to some of Colin Coward this morning, and he was discussing how there's not a ton of expectation with Phoenix right now. I don't know if that's going to change, but I do agree in the immediate short term, there's not grand expectation. And Durant has the chance to be the bus driver, as Charles Barkley likes to always refer to. He could be the bus driver of this team. Could be a legacy-changing turn for Kevin Durant. Right now, we are focused on the present. Actually, as I say that, I'm totally lying because I want to go to how all this impacts the NBA future bets. We're focused on this season... New champion odds on FanDuel. I looked on various sports books this morning and things are constantly changing. There's not a lot of alignment because so much has happened. So I'm just using FanDuel because I know the NBA relies on FanDuel a lot with their live coverage. And I just want a little bit of consistency to create a clear picture. We also use Bet Online all the time at Believe. That's usually the go-to odds and sportsbook that I am using for myself and a lot of the bets that I'm placing and making a lot of referrals, which is earning me some fun free play money to take some good risks. The Celtics remain at the top of the board. Plus 280 odds to win the title. The Bucks are right behind them, which is no surprise given the way they have turned things around with Chris Middleton getting back in the lineup. They're at plus 390 and I think assuming they could get past the Celtics would be clear favorites to go and win a title. Now the Suns are up at plus 480, which I find fascinating because that's higher than the top team in the West, the Denver Nuggets, who are currently at 750. I still think there's value on a few teams that shouldn't be given up on yet. The Grizzlies have received a lot of noise and some hate. They're at plus 1900. I still think... They are competitive, and they play very strong defense. And if you get Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. healthy, if Ja Morant is healthy for a whole playoffs, they could surely make a run at the title. The Clippers are quietly starting to wake up. I know they lost last night, but they're at plus 1,300. And if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can also be present for a full playoffs, Clippers have a real shot at coming out of the West too. If you don't want to put your money on that, I understand. The 76ers, 
yeah, I know they're not on their crazy hot win streak, but they're not really going anywhere either for the time being. They're still a clear contender in the East. They're at plus 1,300 odds as well. The NBA MVP, I can't give you a ton of value. I think that there are seven names at the top of the board right now, and it's really hard for me to imagine anybody else sneaking in and stealing the award at this point. I think someone like Steph Curry, as great as he is, is out of the conversation now suffering his second injury that's going to keep him out a couple of weeks. Luka Doncic is still the favorite right now at plus 400. I would... I'm, I'm interested. I think he should be the favorite still, but this Kyrie Irving trade is really going to change things, and this is going to be the first time where we see how well Luka Doncic can play off the ball. Giannis Antetokounmpo is right behind him at plus 450 odds. No surprises there. Jason Tatum and Ja Morant would come right behind at plus 700 and plus 800 respectively. The only value I would say is Jokic is at plus 1300. And I guess I say value in the sense that nothing happened at the trade deadline that is going to make the Nuggets rely on him any less. I know he has won two in a row, but the way he's averaged a triple-double, if he keeps this pace up, it's going to be very hard to make a case against him other than the fact that maybe it's somebody else's year. Maybe Luka finally did enough to earn the award. Jokic is the only one I think should have higher odds at this present state in the season. The last two names are Embiid at plus 1,300 as well, and Kevin Durant at plus 1,400. Durant's a tricky one because he's now teaming up with a little bit more help, and, uh, you know, sometimes better players make better, make everybody around you better, but he missed time with an injury and would have to have a ridiculous last stretch of the season to be considered for the award. I know he was my preseason MVP pick. I gave a whole rant about how he was going to remind everybody who he was. I think he really did do that, but the injury in the trade is going to make it hard because MVPs often have one consistent, steady winning season with their team. So that pretty much wraps up the trade deadline insanity and the future bet implications. We have the all-star break coming up. I didn't even get to the fact that De'Aaron Fox, my NorCal point guard, got snubbed hard. He still might be Steph Curry's replacement, probably him or Anthony Edwards, but he should have been just a straight-up all-star selection. I do not understand that one. He played a lot of games. He was incredibly clutch, and the Kings are the third seed in the West. I don't really know what the argument against him is, other than he wasn't a full-on stat patter, which should not be a knock on somebody. Uh, I should be bringing on a guest next week to talk about one team in particular that is starting to generate some noise, both good and bad. So I'll leave that a surprise, and hopefully we're able to secure that meeting because I can't wait to talk more and get to collaborate with more guests. Uh, I always say... Keep screaming at the end of each show, but maybe before you do that, just take some deep breaths and recover because these last few hours, it's tough to keep up with, man. I mean, Twitter is both the best and the worst at the same time. Like I stated, I'm up on TikTok right now at screaming.podcast and Instagram at screaming from the sidelines. If you want to give those a follow as I'm getting both of those pages off the ground. 
So that's going to wrap it up. Screaming for the sidelines. Thank you for listening. I hope you were able to take notes and follow along somewhat. And maybe next week is just going to be a little bit more mellow. We'll be back. Hang tight. And of course, exhale. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.